Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We've been in a, a series recently called Great Relationships God's Way, and life is all about relationships. It's first and foremost about our relationship with the Lord, and then it's about our relationships with other people. And so we've talked uh, about wisdom for peace in relationships. That was the first week. We talked about marriage. Last week, we talked about forgiveness. Today, we're going to conclude our series and uh, getting ready to excited to share this message with you. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 84. Psalm chapter 84. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. I like to do this um, often when we read the Word of God. Uh, because there's nothing more powerful than God's word. And plus, you're going to be sitting for about three hours because this message is going to be long. Just kidding. Let's, let's read Psalm 84. Actually, let me pray first. Father, we thank you for your word, for its truth, for its power, that when we apply it, it changes our lives. And so, Lord, we have ears to hear tonight, hearts to receive what you want us to receive. God, speak through me tonight. Pray, Jesus, you'd be glorified more than anything else. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely, I'm reading from New King James. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Verse four, would you read this? Let's read this out loud together. You can read it from the screen if you want. Ready, go. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Good, I'm gonna skip down to verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. <laughs> I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. As you're seated, tell the person next to you, say, there's no place like home. Tell the person next to you, there's no place like home. That's the title of my message tonight. If you remember, Wizard of Oz, the famous line, there's no place like home. Before Jesus came, the house of God was the temple of God. And the temple was in the city of Jerusalem. After Jesus came, the house of God became the church. Who's the church, by the way, men and women? It's us. It's you and I. The house of God became the people of God. It's the, it is the, the capital C church. It's brothers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, Christians all around the world. And it's also the local church as well. And the psalmist is declaring that God's house is better than anything else. Just to be a doorkeeper, that would be like saying to be a greeter. <laughs> I'd rather be a greeter. Any greeters here? Come on, the greeter team. I'd rather be a greeter at God's house than be anywhere else. I just want to be close to God's house is what he's communicating. And he says, blessed, say blessed. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. The word blessed, it's a great word in the Bible. 
And slightly means a little bit different in Hebrew than it does in Greek. And in Hebrew, the Old Testament, blessed means happy, prosperous, successful, contented. Anybody want to be blessed? Come on. And, and verse 3 gives kind of this interesting picture and says, just like a little bird, just like a sparrow has the freedom and the ability to build a nest at the house of God for, for her home, those who make the house of God their home will be blessed and happy and prosperous and successful and contented. In other words, dwelling in God's house, having a church home, being planted in a church is one of the keys to God blessing your life and your family. It's not the only key, but it's one of them, and it's an important one. This means that not just attending a worship service, excuse me, not just attending a church worship service on the weekend or watching a service online, but being committed to relationships with others. And I'm going to unpack this because the church is more than a physical building. It's the people of God. It's us. It's relationships. It's interesting that today we are more connected technologically with people around the world than any other time in history, yet we are less connected relationally. If you, don't, if you don't think that's true, then just go out tonight, go to Bray downtown, go to Starbucks, go to Chacha's, you know, pick a restaurant down there, go to Roll 'em Up, uh, go anywhere, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, at some point, you will see a couple, probably a younger couple, probably less than 40 years old, you'll see a couple, and they will be sitting across from each other, and both of them will be like this. Swiping left, swiping right, never looking up, never making eye contact, never looking at each other. Or just go home tonight, and in some of your houses, the dad will go in one room and watch sports. He'll watch the Lakers. They're garbage if they're even on. And then the mom will be in the bedroom laying down, and she'll be on her phone, probably looking at social media and Pinterest or Instagram. And then the, the son will be in another room playing video games. And then the daughter will be in another room. She'll probably be on her phone. Maybe that's just my house. I don't know what I'm... <laughs> but everyone is connected to technology, but nobody's connected to each other. I, I'm going to say this tonight. Junior, Jenny's probably watching, so a Saturday night, you guys get everything. And, and I'm going to try to say this carefully if I can. <laughs> but this is directed to people who are watching online. And listen, we love you, and we're glad you're watching. But... I haven't thought through how I'm going to say it, so it's just going to come out. If, if all you can do physically, I know, in fact, I know we've had a lot of people that have been in church that have, you know, over the years that have moved out of state and they like to watch us and join us online. Awesome. I'm thankful for technology, and we invest a lot, by the way, Pastor Chris and Josh, in our online experience. So if all you can do physically is watch, the, watch our church online, that's fantastic. But if you are physically able to go to church, you ought to come back to church. And, and, and listen, I'm not, you guys are all applauding because you're here. <laughs> this is like, this is easy preaching. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying the purpose of this message not to try to, to, you know, get a bigger crowd next week. I'm telling you, you'll listen to my message. It's, listen, it's been two years, over two years. You have no excuse. And, 
It's the difference between at Christmas time watching the Yuletide log on your TV, which is nice and relaxing, and sitting around a campfire with your friends and feeling the warmth and the heat of the campfire and laughing together and joking together and crying together. And some of you, listen, have, if I can say it like this, you have got into a very lazy habit in saying, I do church online. Listen, that is not church. You're, you're watching a church service, but that is not church. Because church is about relationships. Church is about the people of God, and you can't get that online. By the way, you can watch, you can watch the greatest preachers in the world, and I know there are thousands of preachers that can preach circles around me. My favorite preacher, by the way, is Jensen Franklin. I love Jensen Franklin. I think he's the greatest preacher in the world. You can watch Jensen Franklin week after week after week, but when you get sick, he's not gonna show up at your house. When your mom dies, he's not gonna come do the funeral. Jensen loves you, but you don't have a relationship with him. Guess who's, guess who you're gonna call? You're gonna call me or Pastor Junior or one of us, and we're glad to do it. But my point is that we have a relationship with you and we're investing in you. You need to get back to church. All right, if that came out wrong, I'm sorry. I... Anyways, I'll just leave it at that. Jenny will correct me when I get home. If you're gonna have, listen, so this is why I'm, I'm, it's part of the series. Because if you're gonna have great relationships God's way, you must be connected to others in church. In, in our relationships in church, we learn how God wants us to love people and how to treat other people. And I'm, this is what I'm gonna talk about. So the Bible gives several metaphors to communicate the blessings of being connected to the church. We're gonna look at, at four of them tonight. I'm gonna give you four of them. So I'm gonna give you the metaphor and then I'm gonna give you the, the connected, the, the blessing that's connected to it because blessed are those who dwell in God's house. Number one is this, the church is God's eternal temple and being connected blesses uh, and being connected blesses me with stability and support. I think I wrote that wrong in my notes. You guys can fix that if I wrote that. The church is God's eternal temple, and being connected blesses me with stability and support. Let me mention one other disclaimer. If you're already very connected uh, to the church, and I look around, and I see a lot of it. I got all my staff in the front row. It's only staff in the front row which irritates me a little bit. Some of you guys who didn't sit in the front row. But anyways, if you're already highly connected to the church, you might be thinking, ah, oh, this message isn't for me. I'm gonna go you know, update MySpace. I haven't looked at it in 20 years or something. No, this message is for you. And because listen, for every point that I give, every metaphor, the blessing that is attached to it, you're the ones who are gonna make that happen. You're the ones who are gonna help bless other people. So you ought to ask the question, am I bringing this kind of blessing? Am I being this kind of blessing to other people? So, so if you're a leader, am I helping provide stability and support to others in the church? Does that make sense? Okay. God's people are the living temple that will live forever in heaven. You and I, the people of God, we are the temple of God. The church is eternal. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Don't you realize that all of you together, say together, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Ephesians 2, 19. You are members of God's family together. Say together. Come on, say it again. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together. Say together. together. 
together in him, becoming, listen, a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You notice the word together is in there three times in those verses. In other words, it's, this is something that you cannot do on your own. It's only in community, it's only in connection, it's only in fellowship, it's only in relationship with others that we are built together, together to become the temple of God. We, uh, we're in the process, I think we're close, we might be done, uh, we've been in the process of finishing the auditorium renovation for children's ministry. And we are putting in an amazing playground in there, uh, we're putting in a basketball court, we're putting in a rock climbing wall, there's a picture a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago now, I don't remember, of just part of, um, or of some of the parts to the indoor playground you can see. And to me, that just looks overwhelming because I can't build anything. But you can see, there were literally hundreds, I don't know, maybe even thousands of parts to this playground. For a while, for several days, maybe a few weeks, all of the parts were inside the auditorium they were in the church, but they were not connected to the church. They were, in the, they were sitting in the church in a room, but they were not connected to the church. This is how some of us are. You're in the church week after week, month after month, sometimes year after year, but you're not connected to the church. <laughs> people, people, and, and there's, there's a difference, there's a big difference between being an attender and a member. I can tell right away. I can tell right away in just how you talk about the church. People come up to me occasionally in the church, sometimes when I'm out, and they'll say, Pastor John, I, say, I, I really love your church. As soon as they say your church, I know they're an attender, they're not a member. Because it's exclusive language. When somebody says, wow, Pastor John, I love our church, I know they're a member. They're connected, they're committed, because they're part of the family. The difference between an attender and a member is the difference between a couple who's living together and a couple who's married. It's commitment. <laughs> an, attender, an attender comes to an event, an attender comes you know, occasionally once a month, <laughs> once a month at church, an attender comes to an event, a member belongs to a family. And I wanna let you know, church is not an event that you attend. Church is not something that you just watch online. It is a family that you belong to. You belong to each other. You belong together. Church is the relationships that you're connected with. It's the group that you're a part of. There's a difference between believing and belonging. And you are called not just to believe, you are called to belong. You become a Christian by committing yourself to Christ, but you become a member of a local church family by committing to other believers. It's when you say, this is my church home. You're supposed to be not only a believer, you're supposed to be also a belonger. Look at the person next to you and say, don't just believe, belong. Come on, tell somebody, say, don't just believe, belong. The, the way that we do that, the primary way that we help get you connected to the church is through something that we call next steps. It's to help move you from being an attender to a member. Next steps is our, is our path to uh, help teach you the heart and vision, the history of our church, who we are, how you can contribute to 
what the Lord's doing in and through the church, how you can be involved, how you can be connected together with us. By the way, we're going to be offering that tomorrow during the 10 o'clock service. I think, Pastor Junior, are you teaching that? First Sunday of the month is, is when we, uh, we offer it every month, so you can jump in. Next Saturday, we're offering a Saturday seminar. You can do all four steps in one day if you want to be part of that. Some of you have been coming for a while, and you need to move from being an attender to a member. You, ought to, you need to take next steps. You can register at the Connection Center. Many people, I shouldn't say many, some people don't want to commit to a local church. They just want to date the bride of Christ. They go, they go from church to church to church to church, whatever's the latest and the greatest, whatever's the flashiest, whatever's the hottest, <laughs> and they never commit. Church shopping, hopping, and popping, I don't know, and they're just bouncing around. Listen, I, and, you know, I believe this with all my heart because I've seen it. I've seen it, I've seen it with my own two eyes uh, over 20 years of ministry. M- many of the problems that, that we face in our life, in any problem you can think of, many of them, men and women, they will, be, they will start to be addressed and overcome if you would simply commit to the house of God. And, and not just making it an occasional, you know, I show up when I feel like it, but I'm gonna be in the house of God as often as I can. Because blessed are those who dwell in the house of God. Just getting into the presence of God, getting under good, healthy, biblical teaching. And I'm not saying I'm the greatest preacher, but you're getting, you're getting good word every single week. My brother Josh, man, that was, that was brilliant teaching. He's gonna be preaching in a few weeks. Getting in women's Bible study, getting involved in some of these other things. Some of these things will break off your life if you just show up at church. It is, <laughs> this is Saturday night. It is so frustrating to me. I can think of, I can think of somebody in particular, and I will not say their name, but I can think of people that I see. They show up once every three, four, five months. They show up to church. They come to me after service crying, Pastor, thank you so much. That message was so powerful. God touched me. That's all, you know, what, what's going on? And it's the same issue I talked to them five months before. Now, it's all, I pray for them, you know, and I mean it sincerely, and then I don't see them again for five months. And then the same thing happens. They show up again. Pastor, that was so great. They're touched by the Lord. And then I don't see me. It makes no sense to me. It just, uh, anyways, all right. Just show up consistently. <laughs> okay. It's uh, one of the guys who's newer to our church. He's my barber. I just got my hair cut a few days ago. His name's Alfredo. He's not here tonight. But I started going to Alfredo last year. I've been going to him for a few months. And every time, I thought, you know, I just figured, it's funny, I don't know if other guys do this, when they're at the barber, most of the guys are quiet, I notice they don't really talk, I just figured, this guy's got to listen to me for 30 minutes, I'm kind of bored, so I'm just going to start asking him questions. I started talking to him, and eventually it'll come out at some point, you know, I'm a pastor, what I do, or I'll ask him about church, so I started to talk to Alfredo about church, and started inviting him, and then after a couple months of doing that, I walked, I walked in, he said, hey, when's your church meet again? Anyways, Alfredo has started coming to our church since before Christmas Eve. And Alfredo's been here. He comes on Sunday with this cute little family. He sits right there. He's been here almost every single week, hasn't he, Junior? I know, Chris, you, you know him too. And he told me, I went in the other day. He said, I'm not making this up. He says, John, he says, it's amazing what God has already done in our lives in just three months. It's amazing. Just being in the house of God. 
Just, and by the way, there are good churches everywhere, literally everywhere in the world. There are 10 good churches just within a, within a five-mile radius. And if you don't like our church and you don't like me, you know, that's fine. Go to another church. I'll help you find another church. I'll call the pastor and let him know that you're coming. And we'll say, God bless you on your way out. And I'll trade two more people and I'll get somebody. No, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, when, if, you, if you move, when people move, I, one of the things I do all the time is I help them to find another church. And uh, all right, I, I'm just kind of rambling. I'm sorry. This is, I'm doing my best. In a, in a temple, in a building, in a house, all of the parts are connected together and they support each other and they hold each other up. First Timothy chapter three, verse 15, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Pillars are support. A foundation is for stability. When life gets shaky, when you go through a storm and the boat of your life is rocking, you need other people to help stabilize you and support you. You need, you, not only do you need spiritual support, you need emotional support. You need, sometimes you need mental support. You might even need physical support. And until you get connected to a church, you don't have this. The, the best way to do this in our church is in small groups. And we just simply call them connect groups because in connect groups, you make friends with people who share life with you, who get to know you, who pray for you, who encourage you, who uh, help see you through the ups and downs of life. Number two is this, the church is Christ's body and being connected blesses me with life and growth. The church is Christ's body and being connected blesses me with life and growth. The most often used metaphor in all of the Bible is uh, about the church is it is the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse 22, in the message paraphrase, it says this, God is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Listen to this sentence, I love this. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The local church is the hope of the world because Jesus is the head of the church and he's the hope of the world. But men and women, we are his hands. We are his feet. We are the ones that minister his life and his love and his power and his presence to a broken, hurting, and dying world. Romans chapter 12 says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. You, the, the idea of membership is in the Bible. It's not something that we, it's in the Bible. That's why we need to be members. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he gives this picture and he unpacks what it means to be in the body of Christ. He says there are many different parts in the body and every single one of them is equally valuable and important. And as every body, uh, as there are many different parts in the body, every member has different gifts and abilities to minister to one another. That's why every single person is critical to the body of Christ. That's why, listen, when you start to mature 
in your relationship with the Lord, you realize that one of the reasons that I am physically coming to church, that I'm here on the weekend, or I'm in a connect group, or I'm involved in men's ministry, or I'm serving in youth ministry, one of the reasons is not just for me to receive, but it's for me to give. Because God wants to use me to help somebody else. It's not just Pastor Junior doing all the ministry. I can show up at somebody's house when they're sick, and I can lay hands on them and pray for them, and the power of God can flow through me. So when you don't show up, we're, people are missing out because you have something unique and special that only God can do through you. Is that, is that making sense? Never confuse prominence for significance. <laughs> My nose is prominent. <laughs> Jenny and I, a couple of years ago, we went to Disneyland, and you ever been to that silhouette place where that guy cuts out your silhouette? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then he, and it's like a professional. And, and after he did it, I was looking, I was like, why is my nose so huge? And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh man, I've been self-conscious about it ever since then. My nose is prominent, but listen, I can lose my nose. I hope I never do. I can lose my nose and I can still live. But if I lose my liver or one of my lungs or my heart, which I can't see, they're not prominent, but they're significant. And so you might think, in the kingdom of God, listen, the ladies on Sundays who are in that room changing the poopy diapers, which I'm gonna be doing in a few weeks with my baby on the way. The ladies in there in the nursery, God bless them, holding those crying babies, changing their poopy diapers. In the kingdom of God, they are as significant as me up here with a microphone. God sees them just as valuable. <laughs> they're, they're not prominent, but they're significant. The guys out in the, in the parking lot, you know, waving at everybody, smiling at everybody. Half of the people are driving in grumpy because they got in a fight on the way there. And, uh, you know, they're smiling they're, and they're greeting them. That's just as significant as Sarah and the team up here on, on, on the worship team. The coffee team making coffee, well, they might be the most significant of all. Come on, let's be real. But, <laughs> but when you're connected to the body, you receive spiritual life. In growth, because God uses you to serve and minister to others. He uses others to serve and minister to you. And as you, as you serve, you grow. That's why we've been talking about being a difference maker and getting involved and serving. By the way, I want to thank all of you who, who, uh, who signed up in the past month to serve. Over 130 new people who are not yet connected to serving signed up to be a difference maker. Isn't that awesome? Thanks so much for doing that. You can't fulfill, men and women, you cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life by yourself. You must be connected. An eyeball by itself, I don't mean to be graphic, but if there was an eyeball laying here by itself, it's not only useless, but it'll, it will die. A hand that is severed over here by itself is useless and it will die. <laughs> and you cut off from the body of Christ are useless in your spiritual walk, and you will die. I have yet to meet, if, if, if you know somebody, introduce them to me. I have yet to meet, in all the years that I've walked with the Lord, and certainly that I've been in ministry, I've yet to meet people, and I know a lot, a lot of people who have stopped going to church for whatever their reason is, and they all have different reasons. They've been, at one time, they were involved. They were dwelling in God's house. Then, then they decided to stop. I've yet to meet one person who stopped who disconnected themselves from a local church family whose life has got better. Not just their relationship with God, but any part of their life. Why? Because there's life in the house of God. 
There's life when you're connected. Colossians 2.19 says, They are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Some people think, uh, I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. I just need my Bible. Eh, wrong answer. Wrong answer. That's like saying, that's like going up to somebody. That's like me going up to Chris and say, hey, Chris, I like you, but I don't like your body. Or worse yet, saying, I like you, but I can't stand your wife. Them be fighting words, and Chris is an MMA fighter. He's going to win. <laughs> Why? You know what? That would be offensive to anybody. And you know what? When people say that, it's offensive to God as well. <laughs> Since I picked on people watching online, there's probably somebody watching online right now. And you said, that's the reason. I got hurt at church. I'm not going back. I don't need the church. That's offensive to God. That's like saying, God, I love you, but I hate your bride. Because the church is the bride of Christ, and Jesus loved and died for the church. And the, the church, with all of its imperfections, with all of its sin, with all of its failures, Jesus still loves the church. And he loves the American church, by the way. I don't like it when people start bashing the American church. It's not perfect, but it's the bride of Christ. It's foolish, by the way, to stop going church to church too because uh, connections and relationships are what keep us going and keep us growing. And a, a Christian without a church is like a soldier without an army. And there is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. Some of you guys are too young. You don't know who the Lone Ranger is. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Rambo Christian. Some of you are still too young for that. You don't know who Rambo. There's no such thing as a Mandalorian Christian. Even the Mandalorian has a child, all right? Come on. You can't be a victorious Christian and fight battles alone all on your own. You can't. There's some battles that, that, that you're going to face that you can't win on your own. Billy Graham says, churchgoers are like, are like coals in a fire. When they cling together, they keep the flame aglow. When they separate, they die out. You need to get around some hot Christians. Come on. You need to get around some hot people. And the good news is, there's a lot of hot Christians around here. Look at the person next to you and say, you look hot to me? Come on, tell them. You look, get around some hot people. By the way, you, you, also, you also can't grow spiritually without being connected to relationships with others. Listen to me. You can't grow spiritually without being connected to relationships with others because the ultimate mark of spiritual maturity is love. And, and Jesus said, love God and love others. And if you be by yourself, you can't be loving anybody else, all right? You need other people around you that, to, to love, so you learn how to love others. Number three is this. These next two points are much shorter, by the way, so you guys can say thank you. Okay, number three, the church is the branches of the vine, and being connected blesses me with God's ability and power to change. The church is the branches of the vine, who is Jesus, and being connected blesses me with God's ability and power to change. Change. Jesus said in John chapter 15, this would be a familiar passage for some of us, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them 
will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When we read this passage, uh, we, we think it's, it's personal, and it absolutely is. You can read any part of the Bible, and you can make personal application to it. But the word you in, in this passage and in a lot of other passages is actually not singular. It's actually plural. In other words, Jesus is talking to the church. He's not just talking. He's talking to, it's like you all, or in Texas, they say y'all. He's, it's plural. He's talking to the church. And when we remain connected to Jesus, we are productive. We produce fruit in our lives. Grapes are produced when the branches are connected to the vine because Jesus is the power source. He's the life source. When branches are disconnected from the vine, no fruit is produced. There's a word for disconnected grapes. They're called raisins. Don't be a raisin Christian. Raisins shrivel up and die. And so do we when we're disconnected. Galatians 5, of course, tells us the kind of fruit that Jesus wants to produce in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To, to be fruitful means that we have God's ability and power to change and become more like Jesus. That's part of what being fruitful in your life means, is that you are, you're becoming you're becoming more loving, more peaceful. By the way, every single one of these characteristics, I don't know if you've thought about this before, every single one of these characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit are relational. You can only grow in these by being connected to others in some ways. You become, you, you learn patience from relationships. You learn gentleness from relationships. You learn self-control from relationships. There might even be some things in your life that you don't really like and you want to change, and maybe you've tried changing them on your own, and you've tried a lot of times and you failed. Men and women, that's because there are some things in our lives that we can't change on our own. We need other people to help us. We need other people to come alongside us. We need God's ability and power to change, and he will use other people to help us. What does that mean? It means that you might need some other friends who are really strong Christians that can help you. You might need to, to join a connect group. You might need, need to meet a couple of guys in men's ministry like Pastor Joe who can encourage you and equip you. You might need some marriage mentors that can help you in your marriage. You might need to go to celebrate recovery on Friday nights so you can overcome your hurts, hangups, and habits. So somebody else, so you can get a sponsor, you can get somebody that's gonna help keep you accountable in that area of struggle. Number four is this, here's the last point. Number four, the church is God's family and being connected blesses me with love and care. The church is God's family and being connected blesses me with love and care. John chapter one, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The moment that you're born, you become part of the human race, but you don't become part of a family until someone chooses to take you home after you're born. In a couple of weeks, it might sound funny, that's the truth. A couple of weeks, our baby's gonna be born, she'll come, become part of our family as we take her 
home. A baby needs a family more than anything else. And when you become a Christian, more than anything else, you need a spiritual family that's gonna help you grow, that's gonna teach you how to know the Lord and walk with him. A, a Christian without a church family is an orphan. It's an orphan. And when you're, we're part of, when you're part of a church family, you receive love and care. That's one of the things that happens. If, if you walk out to the lobby, you'll see our vision statement on the, on the wall. Real people completely in love with God, unconditionally loving people, passionately serving him, and fully committed to bringing others to Jesus. Notice that, that second phrase, unconditionally loving people. And uh, listen, we're not a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. My dad used to say, if you find a perfect church, don't join it, you'll mess it up, because you ain't perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church. All of us are you know, a work in progress. We're imperfect people, we don't have it all together. We're all broken who need a savior and a healer named Jesus. We're not perfect, but we are a healthy church. And there's a difference. And that goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, men and women. If you would just get involved in the life and the health of the church, things will start to break off of you. Listen, if you want your family to be healthy, we can help you. We have an incredible children's ministry and youth ministry. If you wanna raise your kids in the Lord, this is the place to be. If you want your marriage to be healthy, we can help you because we have a great marriage ministry and marriage mentors that we can connect you with. If you want your finances to be healthy, we can help you. Pastor Josh is, is teaching right now Financial Peace University, talk, talking about how to manage your, your finances. We're a healthy church. We're not perfect, but we're healthy. And when you're connected, you'll be healthy as well. 1 Corinthians 12 says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. 1 Peter 2, verse 17 says, love the family of believers. 1 Peter 3, 8 says, and now this word to all of you, you should be, I love this, you should be like one big happy family, full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. There is nowhere else in the world that you can go to receive this kind of love and care. There's nowhere else. You, you, you won't find it anywhere else because the kind of love that you can receive and experience in, in, a, in a healthy church is a Jesus love. And it's only his love that heals and his love that saves and his love that sets free and his love that forgives and his love that covers every sin and failure. I was walking with uh, a guy from our church who, who's also happens to be my neighbor. I was literally walking with him the other day, and uh, he's been attending our church now for a couple of years and has be become part of my connect group and, and had surgery recently. And it was just the nicest thing. He was, I was just listening, and he said, John, he said, he said, I wish I would have found this church earlier. He said, I had no idea there was a church like this. And I thought that was one of the nicest compliments. And um, listen, get involved get connected. Some of you are church ninjas, and you appear out of nowhere after service has already started. Have you ever noticed that before? You'll be singing, worshiping the Lord, your eyes will be closed, you know, and all of a sudden you open up your eyes and somebody's standing next to you that you have no idea how they got there. And then as soon as service is over, as soon as service is over and, and, you, and you turn around to, to say hi to them, they're gone. 
They just appear and disappear. They vanish like church ninjas. They don't talk to anybody. They don't connect with anybody. You avoid the greeters. You know the secret entrances to get in so you don't have to be seen by anybody if you're dropping through the ceilings or what you're doing. Don't be a church ninja. Listen, in order to be loved and cared for, you have to be connected. You gotta meet people. You gotta open up and trust others. You have to ask for help and for prayer. You need to make friends. You need to get involved. The church is not an event, the church is a family. That's why we say so often, every service, welcome home. Because if you're looking for a church family, you can be part of ours. And there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Close your eyes for a moment if you would. And um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse five, it says they first gave themselves to the Lord and then they gave themselves to us. What does that mean? It means what we talked about tonight, men and women. In fact, you might, you might attend church, you might watch online, and you might be connected to the church. That's great. You might be part of the church family, but what's more important is that you're connected to Christ. And I, I, feel, I feel this more and more in my heart I, I see people and interact with people sometimes in the church, and it saddens me because I think they don't, I don't think they have any relationship with the Lord. They like the church, they come to church, but they're not saved. They don't know the Lord. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of my perception. I, I could be wrong. Listen, you have to make a decision to give your life to the Lord. Nobody can make that for you. And coming to church and being connected, that's what my whole message was about. That will bless your life in a lot of ways. But if you don't know the Lord, you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. And so Jesus made the way, gave his life. You have to make a decision. You have to surrender your life. You have to open up your heart. Say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I wanna know you. I wanna follow you. I wanna serve you. I wanna be part of your family, but I want to give my life to you. Maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe you've prayed a prayer, but you've walked away from the Lord and you need to come back to him. Listen, God loves you. He's not mad at you. My dad used to always say he's not mad at you, but he is mad about you. I wanna give you that opportunity tonight. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Maybe you're watching online, you need to make that decision. I wanna give you that opportunity right now. If you say, John, I don't know the Lord. I'm, I've never made that decision before or I wanna come back to the Lord tonight, on the count of three, would you just raise your hand and look at me? I want to see you, I want to agree with you. If there's anybody here tonight, on the count of three, one, two, three, just lift your hand, raise your hand, let me see it wherever you are tonight. Yep, I see you, friend, back there, I know you. Anybody else? Anybody else here tonight, that's great. God loves you, he's proud of you. We'll pray, we'll pray for you afterwards, I'll, I'll pray for you. Again, that's so awesome. You can open up your eyes. I wanna do, we're gonna do, you guys can open up your eyes. In fact, go ahead and stand your feet if you would. <clears throat> we'll be done here in, in, a, in just a few minutes. We, I wanna do two things before we close, if that's right. So please don't, don't leave unless you absolutely have to right now. The first thing that I wanna do, which we do fairly often, is, um, <laughs> and I, I, I laugh because I know that this makes some people feel so uncomfortable and they don't like it. In fact, I know sometimes people walk out of service uh, when, when we get to this point and that's all right, I get it. But I'm telling you, it's, it's such a nice thing when you allow somebody to pray for you. We're gonna split into prayer circles right now. Groups of three to five, 
And this, it's not a counseling session, but just go around, introduce yourself with your name and just say, how can I pray for you? Somebody will take charge. If you don't wanna pray, you don't have to pray. That's okay, but let's pray for each other. One of the most loving things you can do is pray for each other. So let's give a few minutes that. Go ahead and split up into those prayer circles, and then I'll, I'll come up and, and do one more thing before we dismiss. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.